0: welcome to the exchange church podcast for more information on the exchange church go to iamtheexchange.com have you ever listened to a song and thought to yourself man that would preach we did too the following series is entitled bible in the billboards today's message is by our lead pastor
1: jared brooks
0: So this morning we're going to continue on our in our series of Bible in the billboards. This is part three of Bible in the billboards. Uh, there was a fighter, and he was getting pummeled in the ring. I mean, just blow by blow by blow. He's just he wakes up. He's got a bloody eye. He's got a swollen lip. He, he can't see anything. Uh, his nose is bleeding all over the place. He's seeing three and four and five. Uh, People in front of him and it's in between rounds and he comes over to the side to the to the corner and his trainer Starts massaging his shoulder and he says you're doing a great job Fred. You're doing a great job That bomb is barely touching you. You're okay And the fighter looks at him. He says really he says well Then you better keep your eye on the referee because somebody in there is killing me Okay Sometimes that's the way you feel and that's the way I feel is that there's no amount of smooth talk that can camouflage or make the pain go away. You know, it doesn't matter how many people get in your corner and they tell you, it's okay, you're going to be fine, you're doing fine, you're going to make it. Sometimes all the encouragement in the world doesn't really amount to a hill of beans in the physical, amen? Have you ever been like that? I I don't know if you're kind of the way I am, but several years ago, I went through just a real dark place in my life. And uh, every person that came up to me and said, oh, it's going to get better. I just wanted to punch them. And they would say, oh, I understand what you're going through. I just wanted to punch them. Because in my mind, I'm like, you don't know, Jack. You don't know what I feel. You don't know when I lie awake at night by myself. You don't know all the pain that's going on. You don't know the, the suicidal tendencies that I was in at that time. Just wanting to take my own life. I was going through stuff and everybody would come up to me and they'd say, Oh, it's going to get better. Time will heal wounds. Oh, if I had a baseball bat. <laughs> I'll show you what will heal wounds. Yeah, that's, that was my feeling. And so this guy is going through this, this fight of his life, and, and he's getting killed, and no amount of encouragement just really takes the pain away, because the pain is real physical pain. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. In the same way, you and I, were engaged in a spiritual war of cosmic proportions, okay? We're in the battle of our life, the fight of our life. And the fight started the moment that you accepted Jesus Christ in your life as your personal Savior. Actually, the fight was going on way before that, but you probably started realizing the fight. We accepted Christ as our our personal Lord and Savior. This week, I had a message prepared for today, and I had a message prepared for next week for our Friends and Family Day. Monday, I came to the church, and I started praying, and I started praying over you, and I pulled up our our text in church so I could kind of go through a list of names. I pulled up our Facebook. I'm just praying over families, and I just got an overwhelming burden put on me. Have you ever been praying for people, and you feel just, just a heaviness, not an evil, you know, not like they're possessed or something like that. I'm just talking about you just feel a heaviness, like... Like, you need to start really praying. You're just praying, and everything's going, going fine. And all of a sudden, you mention a name, and the Holy Spirit just begins to deal with you. You ever felt that before? That's what I felt this week. And, and so I started praying. And the more I prayed, the more I felt just the enemy attacking families in our church. And it just, it made me mad. And I continued to pray and pray and pray. And I think it was Monday, maybe Uh, I sent out a text, and I said, you know what? I'm praying. Uh, I don't remember what day it was exactly, but whatever day it was, I was praying. And I just felt that there was a heaviness that our people were going through. And immediately, I knew that God was changing my agenda for today so that I can target and talk about this. This fight, this war that that we face on a regular basis. And it's not anything to be ashamed about. It's not anything that you should look at and go, well, it's just me. It's just me who's going through this. No, it's not. It's just a battle. And we have to recognize it as a battle. And I text out a message. And you may not know this, but um, I have an app on my phone for for texting church as, as one of the administrators And so I can send a text from my phone to our our groups. And so I sent a text out to those that were in the loop. And so if you didn't get the text this week, it's because you haven't registered, logged on to the loop or whatever. But I sent it to the loop. I didn't send it to all the first timers in the last few weeks. I just sent it to the loop people. Immediately, I started getting texts back because you can text back to this and then you and I can have a conversation through this text and church thing. So immediately I get a text back from somebody saying, PJ, this is for me. You, you're talking just to me. And here's what's going on. Then I get another message from somebody going, wow, you have no idea what I was thinking right now at my desk. Get another message. You have no idea what I'm going through. Then I started getting Facebook messages. Probably 10 or 12 people responded to this message just saying, oh, wow, God showed you that it was for me. And as I, as I read these messages, it made me realize, man, that the enemy is trying to attack people. And he's trying to pull people down. And we have to recognize it for what it is. We have to call it what it is. And we have to attack it head on. We have to know how to fight. And until we recognize that it's spiritual warfare and we recognize that it's something happening in the spirit world, then we'll never understand how to fight it until we recognize what it really is. My goal is to help you today recognize that you're engaged in a battle. And this battle is first and foremost. And listen very carefully as I say this. The battle that you're facing right now, whether it's your family, whether it's your finances, whether it's with your kids, whether it's in, in your, your, with your husband or your wife, whatever battle you're facing is first and foremost his battle. Do you hear me? It is his battle. Everything that you're facing as a child of God, you have to recognize first, this is not your fight. It's his fight. And and when you recognize that it's not your, when you see that it's not your fight and it's his fight, that is when you start to see the victory over those battles. The problem is, is we see these battles coming, we feel these battles coming, and we start to address them ourselves, we start to fight them ourselves, the first thing we start to do is we get discouraged we start to get discouraged, we start to wonder where God is, so we start to push away the word of God, we start to push away prayer, we start to push away our our Christian friends, our church family we push those because this is my battle, nobody understands what I'm going through, nobody understands what my marriage is going through, nobody understands what my life is like, I, I feel fake when I come to church because I come to church, I put a smile on my face when all hell's breaking loose at home and I'm the only one going through this, I'm telling you, today, you are not the only one going through this, okay? This is spiritual warfare, and it's life. It's life, but it's nothing to be discouraged about. I make a declaration to you today that we are in a war. We're in a war, a spiritual war, and we're facing it every single day, and there's no war in history that compares to the battle that we face in the spiritual world. It can either be the cause of your greatest joy through your testimony, or it can be the cause of some of the deepest pains that we feel. It's a spiritual warfare, and it affects every area of our life. There's no way that we can avoid this conflict. There's no foxhole or bunker that we can dive into or jump into that's going to protect us and shield us from this. It's just a war that we have to recognize, we have to identify, and then we have to understand how to attack it. A lot of Christians don't even know they're at war. But other people around them can see the results of the battle in their lives because they become casualties of spiritual warfare. They're discouraged. Now now listen, see if this relates to anybody. I mean, maybe you've gone through any of these things at at one point. They're discouraged. They're depressed. They're beat down. They're defeated. Others are marital and family casualties. Divorce, conflict, abuse are just some of the scars that we face as believers as as a result of the spiritual warfare that we face. Spiritual warfare. This is a war that uh, we we face in, in the spiritual world that has physical manifestations. So I want to state the obvious. The e- essence of this war is spiritual. Everybody say spiritual. Okay. Spiritual. This is a spiritual war. And I don't mean to get all like, ooh, or Whatever. Uh, this morning, I want you to start getting creeped out because you're starting to go, what is this spiritual war? Okay, we live in a world where I believe there is spiritual wars, battles going on all the time, all the time around us. So I want to give you the definition of spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare is the conflict being waged in the invisible spiritual realm that is being manifest in the visible physical realm. Okay, so there's this war that we're facing, that we're fighting, that we can't see, but it has manifestations that we can see, that are very visible, that we can feel. We fight this spirit that we can't see. It's really tough to fight a battle when it's something you can't see, right? Right? I mean, in in the cartoons and the the movies and stuff, like... um, Uh, what's the... Mr. The Incredibles. You know, the one that can go invisible. Wow, what a gift. I would love to fight people invisible. That would be easy. You just pop them and, and move around and they're swinging at the wind. Sometimes that's what we look like spiritually. We're just like, just fighting in the wind. We don't even know what we're swinging at. We're just fighting and we look ridiculous. Because we're fighting this invisible battle... But it has physical manifestations. The bruises start to appear and the scars start to appear. In his classic statement on spiritual warfare, Paul wrote this. He says, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against powers, against The world forces of this darkness against spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Okay? This is Paul talking and he's trying to get you to understand that he's identified the enemy in this verse. Okay? The enemy in this verse is Satan and his demons. Now we'll develop all this as we go along. But the point I want to make to you here is that. We make a big mistake if we think that people are the real problem. Come on. Big amen right there. Okay, I'm going to say it again slower so you can all amen at the end. Ready? We make a big mistake if we think that people are the real problem. Okay? People are not the problem. Have you ever been hurt by a church? Come on. Raise your hand. You've been hurt by a church. Has any has a pastor ever hurt you? Has a, a church board member or a staff member somebody ever hurt you? Okay? Let me tell you this they're not the problem. They're stop blaming them. Stop blaming them. This is not a people problem. This is a spiritual problem. And Paul's trying to tell you, this battle that you're facing, it's not a people problem. Stop blaming the people. It's a spiritual issue that I want you to address. People can be bad. Amen? Amen. (laughs) Really? Hey, man. People can be bad. People can hurt you. But as bad as people can be, they are merely conduits for this greater spiritual battle that we face. Satan has been successfully getting us to fight people rather than fighting that which causes people to be the way they are. Okay, when you fight people, when you blame people, when you get mad at people, and I'm talking about your husband, your wife, I'm talking about your pastor, your elder, your leader, somebody who's had influence over you. When you get mad at them, you're giving Satan victory in your life because you're allowing him to control you. His job is to get you to fight people because when you fight people, your focus gets all off of everything else in the spirit world and just on the people. And Paul, he's writing and he's saying, this is not a battle against people. If Paul were to walk in today, he'd go, come on. This is not a fight against people. This is a spiritual problem. All of us have tried to change people who are not doing right. But we need to understand is what happens through this, including you, is that the roots of what are, are going on in people's lives and their actions, the things that they say, the roots go much deeper than what you and I can see. Okay? There's a spiritual issue. This doesn't excuse the fact of the wrong that people do. They're still responsible, so that's... I'm not trying to take responsibility off of everything. People still have a responsibility because of some of the actions that they take. But, but it helps us to really focus on the real enemy, which is not the people. Everything we see in the visible, physical realm is caused, provoked, or at least influenced by something in the invisible, spiritual realm. That is a powerful, leave that up there. If you want to write that down, I want you to write it down. Everything, everything we see in the visible physical realm is caused, provoked, or at least influenced by something in the invisible spiritual realm. That's the kind of fight that we face. That's the kind of battle we face. Everything is spiritual. Everything is spiritual. And all the issues that come along with life can be traced back to deeper roots that go into something spiritual, even with people. Have you ever had that person you just don't click with? It, that even goes back to something deeper, more spiritual. No, it's just a personality. No, it's a spiritual issue. No, we just, we just, seriously, we just don't see that. No, it's a spiritual issue. Everything is spiritual. There are two worldviews I want to hit this morning. Your worldview is simply the lens through which you perceive reality. There are two categories of worldviews I want to talk about. One is a natural or materialistic worldview, which is what people today call the scientific worldview. This view says that man, by his reason, can figure out how the world works. Okay, people who hold to this point of view seeks life seeks life's answers in the natural realm. Okay, so in other words, if you can put it in a test tube, if you can examine it under a microscope, or if you can explain it through natural processes, that's all you need. That's the materialistic worldview. That's the natural. Worldview. The naturalistic view is not sufficient because it's limited to just the physical world. Therefore, it does not answer the ultimate questions. Who you are, where you come from, or why are you here? Okay. The naturalistic view worldview doesn't explain those. It doesn't explain things like why teenagers are killing each other. It doesn't explain why America is so divided right now. The naturalistic viewpoint doesn't explain why moral standards are in a massive erosion. It doesn't explain that. This view doesn't address the invisible part of human beings, the soul and the spirit. So the second worldview, the the way you perceive things, is a spiritual worldview. Which says that there is a realm outside of the physical. A spiritual worldview is actually really, really popular in America right now. Really in the whole world, a spiritual worldview. But not all spiritual worldviews are biblically based. Okay, And we live in a a generation right now where when I say everything is spiritual in, in the world and in general, for most people, everything is spiritual, but not everything is spiritually plugged into the Bible. Okay, that's why you have people reading palms, reading the stars, the horoscopes, and people that are that are all these new age religions. Okay, that's the spiritual—the tapping into this thing that says, "You know what? I am my own God." Okay, that's the spiritual, but it's not all about the Bible. It is possible to have a spiritual worldview that is plugged into the wrong spirit. <laughs> okay? <laughs> the TV, do y'all, have y'all seen the TV shows? There's so many TV shows out right now of, of mediums that go and they like, you know. Do I believe in that stuff? Yeah, I do. Because everything is spiritual. I believe that there's a spiritual war going on. I believe that there's a demonic presence that can influence and manipulate. And it doesn't matter how good you dress it or how pretty you dress it up and how pretty you make it to, to it's this is all good anyway. This guy, he's just speaking, just love, and it's all good. Let me tell you something. If it is not built upon the foundation of Jesus Christ and the gospel of Jesus Christ, then it is wrong. It is wrong. It is, and it comes from a very evil dark scary place so this worldview affects your approach to spiritual warfare because it colors the way you see uh the non-material world it determines whether you believe in the spiritual realm or not but in uh, in order to understand spiritual warfare we have to address it through the realm of the spirit okay and and We do that with the help and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So I want to talk about the impact of the the battle. We're going to kind of fly through this for just a second. But there's four areas that I believe that the spiritual warfare impacts us. There are four effects. So the first is the battle affects your personal life. Many of you are seeing the wounds of spiritual warfare in your personal life. It doesn't mean that you're necessarily doing anything wrong. It doesn't mean that people are doing something bad. It could just be that somebody has a problem with uncontrolled anger. Not one amen? No, no amen there? Because <laughs> everybody's afraid. If I say amen, then he's going to think I'm talking about me or her. <laughs> right? <laughs> Not you. Our emotions can give the devil entry into our lives. To see the relationship between your emotions and spiritual warfare, I want to look at a a really popular verse in Ephesians. It says this, Therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Be angry, yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And do not give the devil an opportunity. One version says, do not give the devil a foothold. Okay? This is saying, don't go around lying to people. Don't go around lying to people. (coughs) Be honest with people. We're all family. And be angry. It's fine if you want to get angry with something. But in your anger, don't sin. And if you're angry with somebody, fix it before you even go to bed. That's what this is talking about. And it says, if you don't, you're giving the devil a foothold. You're giving him an opportunity in your life. I want you to notice that failing to control Anger grants the devil opportunity to get a foothold in your life. Okay? Then he can use it as a basis of his operations to launch greater spiritual attacks. Well, it doesn't seem like all of this just lines up, but it all does line up. It's it's that one moment when you can't control a, an attitude or a temper, and you let it fly off the handle. It doesn't seem like much, but have you ever been in a situation where you just kind of, Shot back and you said something you shouldn't have said. You said it the way you shouldn't have said it. And it started kind of a fight. And then that fight lasted for days. And then sometimes even weeks. Maybe you you fought with a, a brother or a friend. And it lasted months. And then you try to figure out what you're fighting about. And you can't even really figure out the original reason you're fighting. All you can think about is all the things since then. And it's because he got you to this point where you couldn't control your anger for a moment. But that wasn't the big, that was just the first shot. And then it gets us so far off track that he launches this giant operation from that moment. A moment. You've ever had those moments? Not all of you are being honest. I had that moment last night. Last night. I got home, I went to a football game yesterday morning. They picked me up early. I, we ended up eating at like 10.30, 11 o'clock in the morning, lunch, okay, so that we could go to all the festivities and watch the band come in and the core, went to, watch, to an A&M game. And A&M has just the best, the best traditions, okay? I'm not an AM fan, but if you've never been to an A&M game, there's nothing like it, Uh So we go to all this stuff. Man, we're just having the best time. We finally go into the stadium, and it's getting hot now. We get up to the top, and I go to this McAllister's tent, and I grab a sweet tea. And that sweet tea lasted me through most of the first half. Second half, it was kind of gone. We sat there. Nobody moved. The game goes into overtime. And I was like, God, no, I'm so hungry. It goes into overtime, and... And finally, the game is over. We're leaving, and I'm like, I know these guys got to be starving. I'm with my father-in-law and my two brother-in-laws. I'm like, I know they're starving. And we get in the car, and we just truck at home. And I'm like in the back seat, going, does anybody eat except me? Am I the only person that has to eat to live? I know I'm fatter than all these guys in the car, but I have to eat to survive. And, and we're just trucking at home, and I'm like, they're really not going to eat? It's, it's eight o'clock at night. We ate at 10 something this morning. Jesus ate more than this. And so I'm, I am just like, I am, I'm not mad or anything, but I've been sitting in the hot sun. And us redheads, we, you know we don't do hot sun all the time. And so it gets me, it gets under my skin and on my skin, as you can see. So, I get home and I'm just kind of like, I wanted to eat. So, I, I text Shelly, I pull up to the house and I'm like, I'm here, but I'm leaving. I'm going to grab food. I'm dying. So, I go get food, I come back in. The kids are going crazy. Uh, we finally get the kids to bed. I still am stank. I've been in uh, the same clothes all day and the sun sweating, and I don't do smells. All day I was smelling myself. And I could smell my deodorant all day. But not everybody in the stadium had the same kind of powerful deodorant that I had. You know what I'm saying? Because there was a bunch of people right in front of me. They didn't have the same deodorant. And I wish to God I could have introduced them to my degree for women that I use. (laughs) Because I'm like, y'all stank. And they were all from UCLA. And I was like, y'all stank. Bad. Bad. But I just kept it to myself. And I get home, and I'm laying there, and I'm still in the same clothes, and I'm like, and I don't, Shelly will tell you, I'll take three showers a day. I don't like to stink. I, I am a very clean person. I don't mind going and getting muddy, but I want to take a shower as soon as I get muddy, and then I'll eat. That's just me. So I go, and I take a shower, and I'm just kind of cranky now because it's just been a long day. I get in bed, and I'm falling asleep, and Shelly comes and gets in bed. And she's moving around, and I kind of am waking up, and I'm, I'm paying attention. I'm awake, and... And she starts trying to hit the remote control. Well, we just switched service providers uh, not too long ago. And I really like them. But we've had problems in our bedroom with the remote control. She's bleep, bleep, bleep. And I can hear it. It makes this little noise. And she's like, uh, why won't our TV ever work in here? I knew this was where she was going. Shelly is the queen of, she's the queen of hints, you know. She's like, oh, I'm so thirsty oh, I'm really thirsty. I just need water. And she'll lay there. She'll talk about it for like five minutes. And then I'll get up. She's like, no, I'm not telling you to go get water. (laughs) Really? So so as soon as she starts saying this, I know where she's going. As soon as 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 she starts saying this, she starts, why is the remote not working? Why is the remote not working? And so I start kind of getting frustrated already. And she says, Why is the remote not working? And I said, You got to turn off the box. She gets down and she goes and lays down to turn off the box underneath. And I was like, Not that one. I get up and I'm mad. And I was like, This one. And I'm like throwing a fit. I'm throwing a little crybaby fit. And it was in that moment, I go back and I'm laying in bed that I realize what kind of crybaby fit I'm throwing. And I'm thinking about this message I'm about to preach, that that's exactly what happens is Satan tries to have a moment. You hear me? He tries to have a moment, and what, what generally could happen is that moment could turn into three days, four days of fighting, just being angry. Come on, look at each other. You, you're, you're like, "He's talking to me. I know. And it could turn into this fight. And then after two or three days, you go back and you're like, well, I don't even remember why we were originally fighting, but now I'm mad at it. Because this spiritual warfare, there's a bigger target. Okay? And if he can just get you in a moment of uncontrolled anger, he wins. He wins. And last night, we apologized. We spent some time apologizing. I told her I was sorry. And I explained to her why I just... I was on the edge, and I shouldn't have said what I said. I shouldn't have got angry, and it was dumb. And we didn't go to bed angry. Thank God. But we have before. And we've had fights that have lasted two or three, four days. And then you look back, and you're like, I don't even know what we're fighting about. Well, me neither, but you haven't talked to me. Well, you haven't talked to me. And you can't even figure out why you're fighting. And you realize that that's his job. That's his job. And we have to recognize it, for what it is. Many of us are suffering today because of anger that was not resolved yesterday. Write that down. Mm-hmm. And, and, and don't use that in the next fight you get. You're going to be suffering tomorrow for this fight today that you're not dealing with. Don't use that. Okay, I'm not giving you ammo. I'm just telling you that a lot of us, we suffer because of issues that we just sweep under the rug and we just finally let it go. And we don't ever address it. We don't deal with it. The second one that I want to talk about is this battle affects your family. Many believers are feeling the effects of spiritual warfare in their families. In their families. The devil messed up the first family in the Garden of Eden. He got in their life. He started sowing seeds of of destruction. And he messed them up. And now he's doing the same thing. And ever since he's been doing that. Paul wrote an example to husbands and wives and he says in 1 Corinthians 7, 5 says stop depriving one another except by agreement for a time that you may devote yourself to prayer and come together again lest Satan tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Listen, he's talking about a lack of sexual fulfillment. That just made a lot of you really uncomfortable. Y'all were all I- like. <laughs> You're not sure if you should have laughed or not in this. He, he just said sexual fulfillment in church. Okay? He's talking about this destruction that he, he does. He tries to get in your family, and he starts to cause problems. And you know that in a marriage when there's there's problems and and there's arguments and there's fighting there's a lack of 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 controlled anger and so you get into this one or two day or three day fight then there's a lack of the sexual fulfillment that begins to stack up and add up and we start blaming each other and then everything just continues to fall apart that's one of the issues that he gets and he starts dividing the family and he starts dividing the family he starts getting you angry with one another starts getting us frustrated, you would be shocked. You would be shocked to know all the people who've just been asking for prayer over their marriages. See, we do real here. And the the truth is, is that every single marriage in this room is open for attack. Okay. There's not one marriage in this room that is, that is bulletproof. There is not one marriage in this room that is just so sanctified and spiritually just wound up that Satan can't touch it. Okay? He looks for moments. He looks for moments or gaps. And whatever he can do to get into the marriage, he'll get in. And then as he starts to get in, he'll begin to divide. Because if he can divide your home from the top, he wins every time. I was looking for a a clip and I couldn't find it, but we used to do a thing called Hell House Nightmare on Scott Street. We called it for years and we wrote a scene and it was a powerful scene. The tour comes in and when you come in, you see a living room set up and then there's a dividing wall with a door and then you see a bedroom. And in this scene, the lights come up in the living room and Tom and Susan is the character's name. They're fighting and they just start screaming at each other, fighting. The demon tour guide, he's agging it on. The the dad is drunk. He's out of control. He starts hitting and abusing Susan, his wife, and he starts throwing her around. And the daughter is in the other room and she's hearing it all. Susan starts telling him, stop, you, you know, this is our daughter. She's listening, watching. And he's like, she was a mistake and you know it. I don't even know if she's mine. He just starts blaming everything on the kid. The daughter, the, the lights go off, and the scene comes up in the other room. And the daughter sits down, and she starts to write. And the demon's sitting on her bed, and he's telling her, write it. Tell him. oh, yeah, and don't forget to tell dad this. And don't forget to tell dad that. And be sure to blame mom for this. And she's writing. The lights go off, and it comes back up in the other room. And the mom and dad are still fighting. All of a sudden, you he hear a gunshot. Boom. Tom and Susan run into the room, and the daughter's laying down dead. And then we played a track, and it was the daughter's voice reading this suicide note that she wrote. as she blamed mom and dad. Why do you hate me so much? Why do you all not get along? Why do you hate each other? And she just goes through, and then at the very end, she says, Oh, yeah, by the way, mom, dad's been seeing his secretary from work. It's been going on for about six months, but he threatened me not to tell, or he'd kill me. I guess I beat him to the punch. It was a scene... But it was a scene that was so real. We would see grown, big men stand in this scene and slowly back to the back of the tour. And you'd see just giant alligator tears welling up in their eyes. And they'd wipe them away like they're... We had security guards that were guiding tours that were just security. They would stand at the back of the tour and they would cry. And in this scene, before they walk in, the devil would stop the tour. The the demon tour guy would stop the tour. And he would say, you're about to see a family at its finest. He says, we have a philosophy in hell. Splinter the family unit and the whole thing comes tumbling down. If he can get in your marriage, then he gets in your home. Then he begins to affect the destinies. The divine calling and appointments of your kids. Your family is important. And what goes on between husbands and wives is important. And it's important to make sure that we keep the devil out of our lives. Amen? And we've got to recognize him for what he is. That he's a liar and he's a thief and he's come to seek, kill, and destroy. And we've got to put an end to it. Number three, the battle affects life. Spiritual warfare also has an impact on church life, okay? Paul told Timothy this. He says, you watch out for doctrines of demons that will infiltrate the church. What? Paul says, he's talking to you guys this morning about me, okay? He says, you watch out for doctrines of demons that might try to infiltrate the church. See, Paul and Silas, they're teaching in the New Testament, and they're teaching to the, the Bereans. And the Bible says the Bereans are sitting there, and they're taking notes. They're, the Bible says that they were listening intently to every word that Paul and Silas were teaching. Okay, so in other words, Pastor Jared is teaching to the exchange church and the exchange church is listening intently and they're writing down and they're going, wow, that was good. And they're writing down, they're taking pictures of the screen. But what the Bereans did was they went home and they examined everything that Paul and Silas said to the word of God. Everything that I say, not all my opinions necessarily come out of scriptures of the word of God so you take the notes that that put up on the screen and you take the things that I say and you go wait he said this that's awesome but I didn't know that was in the Bible so I write it down and then I study it that's what the Brians did and Paul's saying hey you be careful there's a lot of pastors in this world and I'm not pointing there's a good ton of great pastors a ton of great churches but don't fool yourself there's a lot of pastors in this world that they're so often left field. They're not teaching the Word of God. They're not teaching the Bible. And, and I, have been, I have been one of those guys who preach something that I've heard my whole life or that I thought my whole life that was biblical. And then as you go back and you look at it, you're like, wait a minute, that's not really what it means. Yes, that's what the verse says, but that wasn't written to me, it wasn't written today. It was not even applicable to my situation. And yet, but sometimes it's easy to take a verse and mold it and manipulate it to fit what we're trying to say. So this spiritual warfare can even affect your church life because it's your job as Christians to go, Hmm, you know what? I want to I look at that. I want to check that out. I want to examine that with what the Word of God says. And the Bible says that the Brians grew spiritually. They were just growing and growing and growing. The Bible says, be careful to not be childlike and be carried about and drifted away. It says, uh, uh, be careful that in your infancy... That you're not carried away and and blown to and fro with every wind of doctrine and the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming in which they lie and wait to deceive. What it's saying is don't be children tossed back and forth and confused that one preacher comes in, he preaches this is gospel and this is law and you go, this is awesome. And then you start living your life on that the rest of your life and you've never even checked it out. And you spend a whole lifetime. That's called denominations. I didn't mean to say that out loud. (laughs) But it's you spend a whole lifetime building these philosophies and religions based on your opinion or interpretation of something that really is not even truth. God never called us to be a denomination. He called us to be a holy nation. He called us to be one people one people with the same heart. The battle affects our culture, okay? It affects our culture. There's a passage in the book of Daniel, chapter 10. Uh, Daniel, he's praying, he's seeking seeking wisdom and confirmation, nothing happens. And then all of a sudden this angel shows up and he says, hey, here's, here's what you prayed about. And he says, I came the very moment, the very moment that you sought out the Lord, I came with an answer. But the prince of the power, the prince of the kingdom of Persia. Okay? Ephesians Ephesians chapter 2 calls him the prince of the power of air. But this angel, he tells Daniel, he says, the prince of the kingdom of Persia, he, he stopped me. And he's been fighting me for 21 days so that I couldn't come to you with an answer. And then Michael, the archangel, he came and he relieved me so that I was able to come and give you the answer. You know what that means? That means that when you're praying over your lost loved ones, when you're praying healing over someone, that we, in our mind, we just think that we're supposed to go, God, we need a financial miracle right now. Boom, this genie in a bottle pops out, and he's like, oh, you want the financial miracle? Let me give you a financial miracle. Boom, 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 money just starts dropping. That's not the way it works. He sends an answer. God always, always responds to our prayers. Okay, always, not always the way that we think it should happen or the timing that we think it should happen, but God listens intently to every prayer that is prayed. And there is an answer for every prayer that is prayed. And there is always a conflict, a battle that goes on to stop those prayers from ever manifesting in our lives. It's called spiritual warfare. Our ability to deal with the spiritual realm will determine whether we win or lose in the physical realm. Okay? So, if you're one of those people that you say, you know what, our marriage has just been going through a an attack. And when I say that, I'm not talking about you've been talking about divorce, you're going to leave one another or whatever. I'm just talking about this is real life. Okay? This is real life and you've been going through some stuff. Maybe your, your marriage has been going through a lot of stress because there's a lot of financial burden in your house. Maybe somebody's lost a job or somebody's got a, a pay cut or whatever. Whatever it is, there's something going on and it's just put a strain and a stress on your marriage. Our ability to deal with the spiritual realm will determine whether you win or lose In the physical realm. Satan's job is to get us to ignore the spiritual realm. Because if he can divert us from the spiritual realm. He can divert us from finding spiritual solutions. And I said at the beginning of my message. Everything is spiritual. The solution to all your problems right now is spiritual. It's all spiritual. Okay. God has an answer. He has a solution. He has the magic potion, you know, the magic potion that will solve everything right now. But if Satan can divert you from the spiritual realm, he'll divert you from those spiritual solutions. Our mission statement as a church. Let Let me say this. I'm back up. I was going to skip for lack of time, but I want to say this to you. As your pastor, I want to remind you that there's a power inside of you to stand up and claim victory over whatever it is that you're going through. As I was reading the text messages and, and the things of people this week, I was just thinking, everybody's going through things. In every situation, they think that they're the only one going through these things. And so as they start to feel overwhelmed and these things are piling up. But I want to let you know that you can stand up right now and you can claim victory because you're more than a conqueror. Amen? You have been made more than a conqueror. That's what Nike means. You wear Nike tennis shoes. Nike means conqueror. You're more than a Nike. Right? You have been made more than a conqueror. Luke 10, 19 says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome the power of the enemy. And nothing, everybody say nothing. Nothing "Nothing will harm you. And then 1 John 4, 4 says, you dear children are from God and have overcome them. Because the one who is inside of who you is greater than he that's in the world. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Nothing will harm you. There's this power inside of you. And a lot of times we forget as Christians that it's there, that it's even birthed inside of us. This power is given to you. And the Bible says that the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells. It lives inside of us. Our mission statement as a church, and you walked by it as you walked in the front door this morning, but it's very simple, and it says this, uniting and igniting life transformations. The first part is talking about coming together, uniting, okay, bringing people together. It's talking about breaking down walls of division, breaking down walls of race that this country is so divided over. It's binding and rebuking offenses. But then the second part is igniting life transformations. The simple definition <coughs> excuse me, of ignite is this. To set something on fire, to cause something to burn. The second one, to begin burning or to catch fire. And the third one, listen to this. To give life or energy to someone or something. Okay, our mission as a church is to give life or energy, to cause someone to catch on fire, to cause someone to burn spiritually with this massive passion that has been put inside of them from the moment they were born because they were born with a purpose. Amen. You may feel like a plastic bag drifting through the wind, but let me tell you something, that stops now. The Exchange Church exists to ignite what's inside of you, and we can do that. Why? Because we were born with a purpose, and there's a flammable gift and a passion that is inside of us that needs to ignite a spark. We are to be that spark for one another, God's transformation. Amen?
2: i
0: We can't afford a hazer, so we just light sparklers. (laughs) That song says this. It says, boom, 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 even brighter than the moon, moon, moon. It's always been inside of you. You know what? I think that's what's important to recognize in spiritual warfare. In spiritual warfare, everything you need to win is already inside of you. It's always okay, and I encourage you to call me and say, Pastor Jared, will you pray for me? Will you you lift us up or whatever? But everything that you need to win is inside of you. The God, the Spirit, the power to win, the power to save your marriage, the power to be a good influence over your kids and your family, all of that is inside of you. All of it. But the problem is, as soon as we start feeling attacked, we get, we, we get so discouraged and we immediately put up walls of defense because we've been down this road before. We put up these walls of defense and we just start blocking and we start blocking and pushing people out and pushing people away when the one thing that we need is that light, that power, that spark that's inside of us to ignite. As we As I was praying this week and thinking about this warfare this spiritual warfare that we're going through and and what it's like and and what how it affects everybody how it affects our life i just became angry a righteous anger a righteous anger because i understood that this is a spiritual thing and what's frustrating is not everybody understands how to fight spiritually not everybody understands how to even address this fight We have this fight going on and and we feel like it's just us. We feel like it's because we're not good enough or we did something wrong in our marriage. We did something wrong as a parent and that's why our kids are the way they are. And we start just putting everything back on us and we stop addressing that there's a deeper root and the deeper root is a spiritual thing that Satan has planted to destroy you. And so this morning, my agenda, my job is to help you recognize that this fight, it's not because you're bad. It's not because you're not strong enough. It's not because you missed church three weeks in a row. It's not because you're not paying your tithe. This fight that you're going through is just the spiritual warfare that we all face. And we can make it as big or as little as we want. Like I said at the very beginning, your response to this spiritual warfare could be the greatest testimony, the greatest joy of your life as you come out of this victorious. Or we cannot address it the right way and it can come the deepest pains and hurts that we've ever felt faced because spiritual warfare is real war. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? I want you to stand with me. And if you're here with your, your wife, your family, whatever, just grab the hands of, of your family next to you. And I want us, I want us to just begin to pray right now. Over, pray over your family, pray over your house. Maybe there's a, a spiritual warfare that you've been facing, that you've been feeling, that you recognize, that you understand, and you know what's going on. I want you to just pray it right now. Pray it over your family and just bind that and and curse that thing right now don't give it power don't give it a foothold and let's just put an end to it will you do that so you just lift your voice right now and just pray just pray out loud you can pray over your family and bind that stronghold Father Jesus right now we pray over every family in this room God Lord I pray over our family right now That that what Satan intended for evil, what he's tried to plant as seeds of of destruction or or division, we bind it, we recognize it right now, and we remove those seeds. We fight this with spirit, God. This is first and foremost, it is your fight. It's not my fight, and it's not against flesh and blood. It's against this evil spirit. And so, Jesus, right now, we give you this fight. We place this fight in your hands, and we ask you to take control God Father we ask that that all the the lies and the the deceit Lord all the fears that that we put on ourselves Lord will just be demolished right now in Jesus name the enemy is a liar and we will not stand any longer for him to manipulate these circumstances to manipulate our marriages and manipulate our relationship with our children Father but we stand right now Jesus Jesus we stand right now. I pray that every stronghold will be broken right now. I pray every stronghold and every marriage over every family will be broken. I pray God that you just release your presence Lord to flow freely. I pray that marriages feel the oppression leave right now. I pray that the anger and the frustration leave right now. That the short tempers leave right now. God, I pray that we recognize your Holy Spirit as He comes in, as He begins to strengthen and solidify the love of God that you've placed inside of us. So, Jesus, I pray right now, just hedges of protection around our homes, around our families, Lord, as you lift us up and as you draw us into your presence, God. Satan you're a liar and we rebuke you right now in Jesus name you have no authority in our lives you have no authority in our families you have no authority in this church you're a liar and we command you in Jesus name to get out and leave us alone it is over and it is finished it is over and it is finished and so we declare victory over the enemy we look at this through the eyes of god and we see that this battle is yours and you reign victorious god you are still the king of all kings and you're still the lord of all lords god you've already defeated death hell and the grave and so this little situation that we feel is so big god you're going to demolish it in a moment in a second and we speak that we speak that over every family right now in Jesus name. Come on, if you believe that, give God a big hand clap of praise. Come on, give him a big hand clap of praise. Claim the victory this morning. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, we thank you.